0: Welcome to Companion Piece, a podcast celebrating the many friends and allies of the Doctor. From Totters Lane to Sheffield, 1960s London to to Alzarius, we'll be taking a deep dive into each and every companion, exploring their life, their time in the TARDIS, and for some, their adventures without the Doctor. Today we'll be taking a look at a friend of both the First and Second Doctor, the sailor Ben Jackson, and his travels to Vulcan, a moon base, and an Earth colony, under the control of giant crabs, and beyond...
1: So, Ben, what can we say about Ben? Well, he was, of course, on TV, played by the lovely Michael Craze, and then later on by the equally lovely Elliot Chapman for Big Finish, because obviously Michael's not with us anymore, I'm afraid, sadly. For those of you who didn't know, but I'm sure you did, I hope. Um, And so obviously we first meet Ben in The War Machines, which I did have a brief watch of yesterday, and they're in a very, very funky nightclub called Inferno. (laughs) <laughs> no, there are no primords there before anyone asks. And he's, yeah, he's a bit handy with his fists, isn't he, Ben? <laughs> he <laughs> he's fair to say. I think he's. Uh,
0: is it the first yeah. companion introduction we've got where it just starts with someone being incredibly grumpy and thumping someone? Um, I think it's probably possibly the most violent introduction
1: we've had. <laughs> yeah, About, like, but It's more Jamie, just, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I couldn't tell you. I honestly couldn't tell you. Um. But yeah, I think, I think Ben is one of those companions. He seems a bit divisive, actually, which is kind of interesting.
0: Because <laughs> I wasn't, considering I wasn't
1: expecting that.
0: I quite, I would really like him to be fair, but I reckon I that's do. possibly to do with the missing adventures that he has.
1: Yeah, I think it could if they were more
0: available, people would know more about him. But it's good because we can means we can talk about him and people will learn.
1: Yeah. Or, but I mean, perhaps he's because he's sort of a. He's not. I wouldn't say he was brash, but he's.
0: Belligerent is what I've got written down a lot.
1: Yeah, and he's a bit of a he's a bit stubborn, isn't he? He's a bit sort of he
0: like
1: he is. He's he's a bit of a funny one because listening to like the Mouthless Dead, for example, because I was listening to it earlier, so I kind I kind of know um where he's sort of going. Well, they can't be ghosts, but at the same time, is scared of them like they are. Yeah. So it's a bit kind of like well. <coughs>
0: I think like the, I think what I've got written down most. I've, I've at least three times I've got the word belligerent. <laughs> um, headstrong, I suppose, is a good way of putting mm. it.
1: Oh, he's definitely headstrong. Yeah. yeah. Mm.
0: Well, I think for prep, I did a, I did a lot of prep for this episode, so I've watched a lot of a lot of the stories that I, I've got, which is I I've got three second Doctor stories as well, but I think it's. You can't really talk about them without discussing that he was the one of the two companions you've actually witnessed the first regeneration, mm. and I think that probably went a long way to cementing who. It could have gone very badly. The first regeneration, if they got here's a new actor playing the same character, and people could have just hated it. Obviously, Patrick Troughton has got a lot to do with it, but I reckon having established characters there. And then the way that he plays, the way that it's played uh, during Power of the Daleks is quite, it's quite nicely done.
1: Mm, he's quite reluctant, isn't he, he to is. accept him as the Doctor initially,
0: from
1: is what the, I remember uh,
0: anyway. What did, how did I put it in my notes? Yeah, not the best decision to try and use the first Doctor's ring to prove the second Doctor is the Doctor, given how he makes the point of saying he's changed his entire body and then going, but his ring doesn't fit him anymore, he can't be the same person.
1: It's sort of like, he's one of those characters who tries to find explanations for things. Yeah. Isn't
0: he? he that's the thing. It's. He, he, I think he becomes that over the course of his time because in The War Machines, he immediately volunteers to go, I'll go look for Polly. I'll go look what's going on. I'll do that. Then sees what's happening, runs back and immediately says all of this, which sounds completely insane, but it is the truth. And then when you get to perhaps, I think... Macro Terror is an exception because he is brainwashed. But maybe Faceless Ones or Power of the Daleks, he doesn't quite grasp. He doesn't immediately go, oh, there is obviously a problem here. He just goes along with it until he realises that there must be. Mm. But I think it's quite... He changes the way he plays the character slightly when he's with the second Doctor.
1: Yeah, there's probably less of that battling of heads, I should say, because obviously Hartnell um, is a bit more stubborn, so perhaps yeah. they 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 clout heads a little bit more in that respect. In in kind of in the way <coughs> Stephen does, but Stephen's a bit. They're more him and Stephen are more like an old married couple, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> Whereas I think him and Ben are probably bash heads. Well,
0: <laughs> that's the thing in the. <sighs> on screen they only had what, two adventures on screen, they had War Machines and then Tenth Planet Mm. now I did read Ten Little Aliens which goes in between the two and I've just heard, um, as you recommended Falling, which also goes in between the two now he's quite in Falling it's more Polly's story, but it still explores him, but Ten Little Aliens, they get A lot of... um, And this is me trying not to spoil the novels. If you haven't read them, I would recommend Ten Little Aliens. It's very good. Um, But he gets his own story. And he's quite... Still quite brash in it. And still quite... This is what we have to do. But he gets a lot more care, uh, development there. of Of how he... Especially how he treats some people. He can be quite brusque and angry. So in the novels, I think they explore the side of him that's more... That's kinder and calmer in that and mm. in the murder game which I read as well he is um, he, they get paired off so he gets paired off with I don't want to spoil that either because that's also like a murder mystery type thing so for that. there's only five novels with them, in two of them are murder mysteries but there you go so he gets paired off with one character Polly gets paired off with somebody else and it's quite nice to see them develop with other characters that aren't the Doctor or each other because I think it's going to be quite difficult to talk about Ben without mentioning Polly
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're kind of like. It's a bit like Ian and Barbara, isn't it? They're kind of like. It is. Yeah, it's, and. It's... I mean, I, for one, utterly refuse to accept any other explanation other than they're married and lived happily ever
0: after. So there. Oh, so, there so there, darlings.
1: <laughs> so there.
0: It's definitely canon, according to Big Finish.
1: Yeah, there's something. And
0: I think there's a novel in which they are as yeah, well. Yeah, there's
1: something that is said about them running an orphanage or something. That's a thing, isn't it? Was
0: that Was that? But I don't know what that's in. Farewell, Sarah Jane Smith. Might have been. I think that might have been Oh, that. It, it could have been. It was, it was either that or it was Death of the Doctor in Sarah Jane Smith. Yeah,
1: approaches. it might... It's it's one of those two, I think, which is an interesting it take. It might
0: be. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. This, they're the sort of people I can imagine would go... And carry on their adventures just on Earth, like Sarah Jane did, and or like Harry, or, or... and Harry. Yeah. yeah, I think
1: they're very much sort of grounded companions. Although I think, you know, I think like Ben says at the end of the Faceless Ones, they sort of come from that time, and that is their time, or something yeah. similar to that. Anyway,
0: that that's the thing. It's um, I, that's. which I don't want to I want to try and do this in order not just cycle back but we can't really talk about their ending without talking about quite how like fortuitous it is because I think it is very similar like you said to Ian and Barbara of wanting to get back to their own time Mm -hmm. and trying to find a way to do it whereas Ian and Barbara manage to do it just having to happen up on a time machine Ben and Polly turn up at Gatwick on the exact same day they left London yeah and i think that's, that's probably the biggest coincidence in that era of who.
1: <laughs> mainly because the doctor actually managed to get them somewhere correct
0: <laughs> i think yeah exactly i won't even think the doctor had anything to do with it i think it was just happened to be <laughs> on the same day but it's um but that is a good it's quite cyclical their their uh, story mm. so it's um it literally ends where it started
1: yeah I think that's quite nice though it's sort of it is it's sort of like like you say comes full circle and then they'll go off and do whatever it is they've done with themselves
0: I do think it is a very 60s ending to be honest a very 60s start as I said to you before we recorded is they, they meet in the club they meet and Ben is being very grumpy and he's a bit despondent of not being... Now, if I remember rightly, having only watched it a few days ago, isn't he Isn't he upset that he's on shore? Yes. Doesn't he want to be out there? Yes. He wants to be out there on yes. his ship. Now, they try and cheer him up, and it's... I think if they tried that, if they tried a similar thing nowadays, they'd have to change the intro so much, given how it's... Polly tries to get him to cheer up. He doesn't. She walks off, gets harassed, he beats up the chap who harasses her, and then blames her for being harassed, which isn't necessarily a good introduction to the character you're meant to feel, you know, mm, sympathy for. I but think, having said that, in the sixties, that was kind of that was the the done thing, I think.
1: Well, I, I also in think he's being a bit of a stubborn, hot-headed muppet, and I think perhaps he what is. I think perhaps sometimes what he says he doesn't always. Mean, it's a bit like a brother and sister. He's trying to hide how
0: he cares. It's a bit, their
1: relationship's almost kind of interesting because it's there's obviously all these little hints and nuggets that are like, oh, obviously they're a thing, but they also have that kind of playfulness of a little bit of siblings sometimes. They do, you know, like in that way. I think think, (coughs) speaking as a sibling, no,
0: you're not, you're not wrong. I think it's a combination of him being trying to hide the. The caring side of his yeah, I think I think he d- I
1: think he does, yeah. Because
0: you can see this like it's it is with Ian and Barbara is the same. It's, you get the instant connection and the chemistry between Ben and mm. Polly, even if he has been a grump, mm-hmm. is that he will defend her within a second of her being harassed, mm. and he will do everything he can to save her, and then go, well, it's your fault. I didn't. I, I, I had to get to do it. I had to do. It. I was dragged into doing mm. it. It's um it's quite a it's a nice relationship they've got that he will defend her and he will help her but he will try to st- he he won't show quite how much he cares mm, and i
1: think polly is very much her own woman as well sometimes oh, she although definitely perhaps is. her tv appearances don't always show that but i think i don't know i think she is i think well most of the time anyway
0: yeah well she's you had the early sixties with Ian and Barbara, and when it hits sixty-six, it's more of the the swinging sixties. So she is the one who goes to the club. She's the one who knows everyone at the club, mm. and the way, and she just dressed very much sixties. Not not hippie, but like it's very free, spirited. Interestingly, yeah, I
1: discovered yesterday. I don't know if this is true or not, but apparently a lot of those clothes are Annika's clothes.
0: That would make perfect sense because. With <laughs> the
1: budget, I think the costume department had so it said anyway that she just decided yeah. that wearing her own clothes would probably be better and add something to it that the budget wouldn't.
0: <laughs> I mean, it it worked very well. If that is the case,
1: mm, I'm not sure. Yeah,
0: uh,
1: I mean, if mm, if anyone knows no. the answer to this question, answers oh, on a postcard. That, no. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, that would be that would be interesting to find out. To be mm. honest. No, I um I like their introduction. And I like that he immediately cares for Polly and he cares for Dodo. Um, within moments of meeting them, really. Oh yeah,
1: I mean that and that when, definitely you know, shows that he's not a a sort of uncaring character, certainly.
0: Exactly. exactly. Well, that's the thing. He uh, he stays behind at the club with Polly mm. when Dodo disappears. Mm.
1: I think perhaps he's just um, kind of like. <coughs> I don't know, he's a bit like my brother. I love my brother, but like, it's a sort of where if you go, if occasionally, this is, uh, if you sort of go and try and hug him, he sort of, sometimes he'll take it, sometimes he'll back away, because he doesn't want to hug. He's my big brother, although obviously we're triplets, so we're the same age, but he's the oldest. So it's a bit kind of like, you know, it's that kind of like, oh, I don't want to be seen to be showing my emotion. (laughs) I think that is very much what it is, to be honest. It
0: is. It's him trying to be, the serious and the and the less, openly soft, for want of a better phrase, mm. but he imme- he does he immediately connects with the doctor as well I think mm. because within a moment of the doctor saying we need to investigate what's happened he it just ends up there.
1: Mm. I always think their his their kind of introduction to the TARDIS is funny because. I was listening to it yesterday, and he's very, he's very defensive, the Doctor, isn't he? He's very much like, like yes. they just walk in, and he's like, and it's like, all right, calm yeah. down. <laughs> uh,
0: it's the, um, I, I, I don't want to, well, it's not really a spoiler, I don't want to say anything too much about Dodo until we have an episode on Dodo. But she has got one of the most abrupt endings to a companion arc. I race. mean,
1: I don't think that many exits are appalling, but it is appalling. And I honestly, yes. I feel so sorry for Jackie Lane because it's like, it's just
0: It's because lousy. her contract ended, isn't it? Her contract ended halfway through the story, so they just wrote her out of the it's
1: story. It's that's what it is. Justice for Dodo yeah. Chaplet. <laughs>
0: Uh, oh, she's got a new one coming. I know it's not Jackie Lane, but there is a new Dodo story coming out of Big Finish. Yes, so that might be interesting. There is. But the um, that introduction at the end, where Dodo leaves and Ben and Polly stay with the Doctor until he leaves, realise they've still got a key to the TARDIS, run back, let themselves in, and then just basically get kidnapped again. The first Doctor had a very good track record of kidnapping people <laughs> by accident. They walk in and he takes. Yeah, usually
1: off. in a massive strop <laughs> about whatever it is that. Yeah,
0: he's... I think I think that's what it is. He was in a strop about Dodo leaving, and they walk off going, "Oh, well, he's about, he's upset for no reason." Run yeah. back and then he, they mm. vanish.
1: No, I was I was just thinking as well. The other thing that perhaps is kind <laughs> of a bit more like a siblingy relationship is the fact that obviously he's got nicknames for any so it's duchess or or Paul is another one sorry i'm not i'm not doing yes. an accent honest i'm trying not to it's very difficult you have to do it in the voice
0: <laughs> well as um <laughs> if we're going to dip into our tweets as james has, has informed us which he's absolutely right to say I, I will read all of your james <laughs> i'm just dipping in and out you are right to say that Ben is the first working-class companion, which he is. He's Cockney. I know Dodo dipped into several different accents when <laughs> oh, she was filming but Ben is the first one to be outright working class. Which, as James says, it it drags the show to be more diverse. Uh, and I think his
1: his backstories as well are that of because obviously his there's some rela- uh, relation mm-hmm. some connection is what i was thinking of to his father in the forsaken because i think he was a soldier am i right in thinking that and his uncle as he I was saying so. was at the battle of Jutland so he was a, he was a naval man as well so that that in itself is quite interesting and i think adds to that idea of him being a sort of yeah working class chap because obviously he's not he's not like harry is he harry is definitely yeah. sort of pink gins in the mess darlings type thing isn't it <laughs> in the nicest way possible
0: i would say possible. more yes. the officer isn't yes. he yes harry's more yes. the officer class whereas ben's, ben's the, the sailor, sailor yes <laughs> yeah well as as james puts me he said ben and polly you know, breath, breath of fresh air if you're watching who in chronological order it's after a string of futuristic companions and Dodo uh, they've become the first companions since Ian and Bobber to come from contemporary London which is very that true is,
1: that is actually that's quite interesting and not yeah, something I it considered give you like, it
0: does give you quite a nice contrast yeah
1: because obviously people particularly in New Who no offence but say we don't want companions from Earth anymore which I get but then if you're watching it in yeah. chronological order you didn't have that for some time
0: that's very interesting that's the thing I think with with New Who is we we have had If you count all of the people who've travelled in the TARDIS, the only people who have been companions and haven't been from contemporary Earth were River and Nardole and technically Missy, if you count her, but she's not a companion, she's just, you know, she travelled in the TARDIS for a time. I genuinely Oh, and Jack. Jack's not from contemporary Earth either. But there's been three companions in New Who for the last 16 years who haven't been from contemporary Earth earth whereas with new with old, with classic who you did have you had uh well you had jamie who was not futuristic at all but he was not from contemporary earth and most people were as and when the doctor just picked mm. them up so i think that's quite a good point and he's he's put about they have a much more youthful energy that reinvigorates oh, the show I, I can like see that. what he means i because, like that yeah it's yeah a good way of putting
1: no it. I, I like that it's sort of like the the young and trendy isn't it
0: Mm. All, that's the thing We've got, you had Polly who was more swinging 60s and Ben who was the more working class mm. aspect of it and as he puts it's um, it gives him friction with Polly given she's more middle mm. class but it's quite nice to have that because he, as he puts they're not like Ian and Barbara and I'm I'm reading his tweets in a completely mad order I apologise but unlike Ian and Barbara they're different mm. from each other it's a different dynamic whereas you had Ian and Barbara who were both teachers you'd had Ben and Polly, who were very different people who just happened to have mm. that connection. Uh, I'm worried about saying this, given how it now involves Stephen. <laughs> <clears throat> James has put that he loves his sarcastic ed- edge, which is similar to Stephen, which is good because he does he does come up with a lot of dry wit. Unlike Stephen, Ben is a much more upbeat character. <laughs> so, you know, I wanted to see your take on that. <laughs> But he's right. Actually, that's a good thing that we Jack should probably is discuss. Is I'm Ben works better I'm with the <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ben works better with the first Doctor than the second Doctor because as soon as Troughton comes along, and Jamie's then involved, Jamie takes the lead. That's
1: interesting,
0: which I have noticed, especially in Macra and in Faceless ones. Uh, faceless ones, especially Ben's—it's Ben's final story—and he's in it for two and a half episodes of a six-episode story.
1: Hmm. I was thinking about that—that that about something yesterday. I can't remember. There was something I was watching where I was like, where I was like, for the last episode that exists of this, they're not really in it. Must have been too much. Anyway, not the point. No. Not the point. Not the point at all. <laughs> but still.
0: Well, it's it's a good it's hmm, a good point though. That is um, actually
1: yeah. That's an in- interesting yeah, idea was... that he worked better with the first Doctor than with the second. Because obviously. When they're speaking about Bill, I know that perhaps it wasn't the best time for Michael or Annika because <coughs> obviously Bill wasn't well, and I don't think he really wanted to go but he but he did even no. you know he didn't really have that that option as such, so
0: option.
1: I think that perhaps was difficult for him that's the thing
0: yeah, mm. having said that, I have only seen power of the Daleks where he's just the second Doctor, Ben and Polly. I think a lot of the others are missing, aren't they? Uh,
1: yeah, uh, what have uh, we got? Well, I mean... I think the War Machines high... is the
0: only one that is complete.
1: Yeah, because the Smugglers is missing entirely. The Tenth Planet's got episode... F- is it four that's missing of the Tenth Planet? But most I of that so. is is there. And then... Yeah. Mm.
0: That's the thing. Yeah. Well, underwater minutes.
1: That's got. That has telly snaps here and there, doesn't it? Because no offence, but they're pretty awful telly snaps. I'm sorry that they are. <laughs>
0: it's half. Half of it is. Um, half of it is. Uh, am- yeah. Missing. <laughs> So yeah, War Machines is the only one that you if you actually want to see yeah. a whole story with him it's, in. It's it's a fantastic story.
1: For. It's 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 a proper sort of it time is. capsule, isn't it? Into like nineteen sixty six. It's cause very
0: strange. There's
1: there's actually a really good clip of um, from I think it's Blue Peter of Christopher Trace going up the Post Office Tower because obviously it had just been completed, and it's a proper like. It's a proper time capsule into, like, the 1960s, 1960s London and all these little things, and it's it's really good. Plus, the cast is stellar. I mean, William Mervyn, who... I don't know if anyone knows this, but Michael Pickwood, I think, the designer, was his son? I think I, I think it was okay. or one or the other. I think it was his son. And John Caser, is in it. He's, he's... What's his name? Not Brett, the other one. Is it Crimpton can't remember I'm i i i can't remember you're... i think it's crimpton um <laughs> but uh who else did we have yesterday alan curtis who died quite recently he um is in it and known to me forever as the police chief in carry on abroad but that's another story sorry um but yeah it's it's a really good story a, a great little time capsule of things and a really good introduction of it polly is. and it's ben. The one that in my opinion that is
0: that's the thing no i, I really mm. enjoyed it as well it's um it's, it's 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 remembered as the one where everyone refers to him as doctor who including <laughs> doctor, who like, doctor who is required doctor who yeah exactly i love that. Um, so but it's, um, it's, it's a really good story. It's very... It's what you'd imagine sixties Who to be, mm. if that makes sense. Mm. It's very good. But um, I, I think to get a feel for Ben, you'd probably have to do that one, power and macro. Yeah,
1: I'd say, yeah, because there's so few of his stories left... The, well, I mean, if yeah. you watch the animated ones, that's fine. If you don't like animated, you've got a bit of a problem um, in that way.
0: That's the good thing mm. at least about the faceless ones is that half two of the stories still still ex- the episodes still mm. exist. When I was watching it, episodes one and episode three are both proper like um, live action footage so at least you can still see that but Ben's only in episode 1, mm. 2 and three. I mean that, that's six, true of, so. of the
1: moon base is not? although the moon, oh, the moon base is lavish I love the animation on the moon base um, yeah but yeah that's a good well I like the moon base anyway but I'm biased because I really like the Cybermen but
0: that's the thing I think that's quite a divisive thing as well people who say that's overused well, yeah.
1: but let's not have that discussion <laughs> but it's a bit, that's a bit like <laughs> saying though that delgado's overused it's like yeah he is but if he hadn't been overused then we wouldn't have what we have now so yeah uh,
0: exactly still exactly it's opinion, that's, it's uh, opinion. <laughs> true um that's the thing is i think he's his development isn't as over as say susan's mm. was especially given so many of his like uh, power of the daleks he's missing i think in one of the episodes he's just not in it um faceless ones he's in more than he's on, he's not even half of macro terror his his um his personality is so different because he's been yeah i i
1: sort of remember that it's been a while since i've seen the macro terror
0: yeah it's a very good story it's just um I think I think episode one, he's still as belligerent as angry as he. And then from when he gets brainwashed onwards, you can see the sort of struggle. But he plays it. He's played hmm. so well. Michael plays it so yeah, well. I'm kind wondering he's still if the his, anger and person, reluctance his entire stems mindset's changed.
1: Something. Not that I'm going to do a psychological analysis on a TV character, but like, but like it's sort, it's sort of.
0: It's possibly not a good idea. Actually, cause I have
1: to into actually. Because I have to listen to The Forsaken again, because there's definitely some bits in there. But, yeah.
0: <coughs> yeah, I think... um, mm. I think that it's, it's just interesting to see how he develops. Especially with... Mm. um. He quite quickly starts to care for the Doctor, I think. But When he mm. changes, mm. he refuses to accept that that is the Doctor anymore until it's proven to him. And I think with... Um, I'm trying to think which... There was another one, I can't remember now, of a companion refusing to accept it as the Doctor, and then something ha- Oh, it's because it's in Hunters of the Burning Stone. Have you read Hunters of the Burning Stone? Uh, no. That's the... I don't want to spoil it, but it's, it is on the front cover. That's the DWM comic, which is Eleven, Ian and Barbara. Ah. And they like completely refuse to accept that it's him until he does something so stupid that it could only have been the Doctor that does that. Mm. And I, um, is it a bit like, I quite like that that's... I
1: was going to say, is it a bit like the Brigadier in Spearhead from Space?
0: A little bit. That's the, uh, that's the other one. Other good example, I think. It's like, you only click. He. they only click he's the Doctor... When he he just acts in the way that only the Doctor would. Mm. Having said that, the choice in *Power of the Daleks* to have the Doctor refuse to address himself as the Doctor, mm. like he always, always, the Doctor used to do this, the doc-, and then telling him, "But you are, aren't you?" and getting really confused. And it's a fair point. Mm.
1: Clara does um, that too, doesn't she? In deep breath. Yeah,
0: that's the thing is, I think it's done. You kind of have to do a bit of it if they haven't if you haven't fully had an episode where the companion understands everything about the doctor, which they never do, you, you will have to have some cooling off period. But the um, there's still a playful side to Jamie's so as much as we've just spent twen- half an hour, twenty minutes talking about how gruff he is and how brusque and angry he is, mm-hmm. there's the scenes in Power of the Daleks where he messes around where he picks up the doctor's recorder. <laughs> which I love is an instant thing. Trouton within an half an episode already has a recorder (laughs) but you know he messes around with that he plays but he's also he's also so playful as well you know in mac is it macro terror or is it i have to check my notes now it's either macro terror or faceless ones yeah there's a scene in the macro terror where jamie walks out of the tardis armed because they've seen the claw on the screen he's prepared to strike at something and, and Ben just like jumps at him and makes him just makes him shout, and it's a, it's really still, like a cute little. <laughs> he's so playful as well as being, you know, strong and angry mm. and and belligerent. I mean, his
1: his relationship with Jamie is very much like his big brother, isn't it?
0: He and is. I, I do. Like, is. I that's like the, the playfulness.
1: Thing. I think that's quite funny. And the fact oh, the I fact really that at is. the end of of the Faceless Ones, Jamie's quite upset to see them leave.
0: That's the thing. Yeah, it's um. I can't remember what he said, but it is. It's just something along the lines of like it's sad to see them go. Yeah, I think he probably and does. The, and the doctor just walks say away. That, yeah. It's um, it's like I've got that written down. Is when they say when he says um, they want to stay in London, but he said if the doctor really needs them, they won't. Well, they won't leave. Mm. And I think that kind of shows that, that he has changed and that he did care for the doctor and he did care for Polly during the war machines but by the end he wants to go back to normality but he knows that if the doctor needs him that he would have to go
1: mm. you you can't help kind of wanting the it's a bit like in in falling how how polly found that feather and it transported her back to something else you kind of want them to meet the doctor like on some really random little off chance don't you they're that kind that of companions would, yeah. where you just want them to sort of bump into each other.
0: That would be really nice, actually. Or, think, you know, they're sort of just there like
1: and they bump into him as whatever incarnation he is. I don't know. And then there's a little yeah. a little conversation. But they don't necessarily know it's him, but he knows that they're still there.
0: Yeah. I think they've, they've done that a few times in... Um, Novels or Big Finish where someone meets somebody else, but mm. n- you know, only, only half of mm. them know who that's they the are. It's the
1: thing in Scratch Man, isn't it? Yes. If I remember, yes.
0: Because uh, I don't want to spoil it if anyone hasn't read it, but there is an appearance mm. from a future character in the mm. Fourth Doctor story. Mm. Um, but that's, that is a really good book as well, if, if people haven't read it. Mm. Um, as we are still technically on the Ben can be quite angry at times. If we go to Ben, Ben can be really smart and really clever. <laughs> Jake has said about, his, he categorises certain companions as 60s punchy boys. Fair enough. Um, and he, he says Ben doesn't display the same compassion as em- and empathy that Ian and Jamie do. And so therefore he's a little one note. And I can see where he's coming from because not a lot of his instant responses are quick to anger but the um he, you can see the care that he has for Polly.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. In,
0: you know, in Power of the Daleks when Polly is kidnapped and again in um Faceless Ones mm. is he gets so angry at the doctor because the doctor just doesn't want to investigate the disappearance. He wants to investigate what's going on. But he's um he's got that level of care to him. Mm. But he's still more than the anger and the kindness and he's, a, he's really, I think, a lot smarter than he's given credit for. Mm. I will finish uh, Jake's tweet before I go into that conversation, though. He's put about, it's really hard that some of the episodes are missing. A lot of the episodes are missing. And as we said, I think only, only the War Machines is the, is the only complete story. And as uh, Michael Craze died so young, it's, it's, it's not as easy to get a feel for him I genuinely, I do think, I know we've got Elliot Chapman who does an excellent job in Big Finish mm. he really, really does mm. um, and what I've heard is, is amazing, but if we had Michael Craze it would also be you'd f- you'd feel more of what he gave to the character because Elliot does a, an incredible job but it is his interpretation and his interpretation is slightly different and still so good
1: mm. I think what we so get um... in Big Finish which is nice and I think I said this earlier anyway is that feeling that of, of Ben's life a little bit which I think perhaps gives us more of a, a kind of insight into him Yeah, you know because the, the, the kind of the way he is that very much kind of s- stubbornness I don't know whether that reflects on the way he was brought up and such I think perhaps maybe it does
0: possibly possibly i think if um we will recommend some big finish later on when we are we have got a listen planned so if you do want to like learn more about ben's backstory we've got a couple of ideas for you there in uh, I'm, i will get to my point eventually but in contrast to us trying to make ben sound as good as he is uh, chris has tweeted in um at this email i've realized i haven't been doing what i said i would do i keep forgetting Jake is the host of Married to Who, and he's he's at Married to Who Pod on Twitter, or at JF Dinkle. Uh, James is Mr J A Courtney on Twitter as well. Now uh, Chris is at This Emo Trash on Twitter, and he does give us some contrast to what we've been saying about Ian and Stephen are uh, both. Like action men, but they had big hearts and they were caring. Whereas he feels Ben was the opposite, trying to be the action man and not showing a lot of sensitivity, uh, overshadowing Polly, but not doing an awful lot himself. But he does—he does—he does admit that might be because he's between Steven and Jamie, who are two of the more loved ones. And there's moments in the Tenth Planet where he becomes the lead, but overall, he's not that f- fond of him. Which is fair enough, I think. If And as um, I will mention again later, Chris is one of the hosts of the Five Rounds Rapid podcast, which has released their first episode now on Unearthly Child. And eventually they will get to Ben's stories. Um, but I think I would I would like, actually, Chris, if you do, to let us know what you think of Ben after you've watched some of his stories again for your podcast and what Alice thinks. 'Cause I would be interested to find out what other people's thoughts are going into it fresh. Yeah,
1: my I mean my brother, Nick, has sort of said the same thing. I think perhaps he finds it, it, it a bit difficult with Ben because he's not That it's difficult to find a way a way in unless you perhaps know where to look or or you've got that more of an overall picture of him perhaps.
0: That's the thing, if you only know a few, if you've only seen him in one or two episodes or you only know him in general, it would be harder to get a grip on him mm. um, but in contrast to Chris again is, is um, Elliot EJ Coates at E underscore J underscore Coates has tweeted that he likes Ben and he's great in the first appearance in the War Machine and as a dashing naval Navy officer and continues to be a strong presence aboard the TARDIS and he's loyal to Polly and repeatedly saying he's dashing, which he is to be fair Um, but that's the thing, he has loyalty and he is more than just the, you know, he's not, I know he's not a soldier he's a sailor, Mm. but he's more than just like a military man Mm. he is, there's scenes in especially um, Power of the Daleks and I think, which one was it? Um, I think it might be Macro. Yeah, Power of the Daleks and the Macro Terror. He very, very quickly figures out what's going on. So especially with Power of the Daleks, is he? I don't. Again, I don't want to spoil it too much, but he clicks within. I think within a few minutes of the Doctor explaining what's going on, he's the one who realises that Les- Lesterson has released the Daleks and he's the one who realises that Bregan is the one in charge and he's the one orchestrating things. Before even the Doctor's had a chance to say anything and I think that kind of shows his intellect of going, of just taking in the information the Doctor gives him and making a decision for himself and making the choice that this is what's, what's going on and he doesn't need to be... Like, unlike some people, I think, even with... Um, well, especially with Jamie, but that the Jamie and Doctor relationship is so sweet that the Doctor has to explain everything to him. Mm-hmm. And I know that's a different sort of personality because he is, he, is he is from the past, but Ben tends to figure things out for himself and he tends to make the call when he needs to that this is the person we should be talking to or this is the person we should be... Um, we should be looking at for what's going mm. on.
1: Mm. But I think he's 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 very much that kind of sort of independent companion, isn't he, where he does what needs to be done.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. He well, in *Power of the Daleks*, he's paired with the Doctor for a couple of episodes, but he even during that time where he doesn't think it's the Doctor and he doesn't trust him fully because he doesn't know who it is he still puts himself in harm's way in order to protect the Doctor and in order to protect Polly
1: hmm. I mean he does that in the Tenth Planet doesn't he when yes. um, he escapes doesn't he out of that vent thing and then he ends up with, is it Dyson and possibly what's his name I can't his name not entirely but... sure the, the other guy, anyway, the beardy guy. Yeah. I can't remember his name. Off the top of my head. Is it Bradley? No, that's Doomwatch.
0: Bucker. I don't know.
1: Anyway. <laughs> anyway I'm sure somebody um, can tell us if they uh, know. Yeah, anyway, the point being, he goes and they try and sabotage it, don't they, if yeah. I remember correctly. And, you know, he, he's basically putting himself in front of radiation, isn't he? As they all are that's in order to try and fend off the Cybermen. So he's, yeah, I think... That he's also quite—he's—he's he's brave in his own way.
0: Yeah, that's but he's not—he's
1: not a—he's not, not a hero, but he's brave in his own way.
0: That yeah, that's the—that's the thing. He's belligerent and angry at times, but he's still brave enough to be able to uh, to put himself in harm's way. The thing I was wondering is, do you think he is, especially in the macro where he's brainwashed, is he's quite easily controlled? He very easily accepts that as the truth. But despite that, when Polly is attacked, and I know after the fact he denies it happens, and he was very, very, very easily controlled by control. But he fights against the control, and he fights against the macro, and he protects the first. His first instance is to protect Polly, despite not believing that she's under attack, and it's. Um, I think if you just see... If, and I, I can see where people come from where they say that he isn't as compassionate as um, other companions. But he's also the one who, out of... He's a, he's, he does get overshadowed by Jamie, that's the problem. But out of a lot of them, he's the one who consistently puts himself in front of the others to protect them. So I think it's quite... It's, it's quite mm. a well-rounded character if you've seen a lot of him if you understand a lot about him.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd say so.
0: I do like, to be fair, the fact that in The Faceless Ones, when... I, d- I do think that the second Doctor is a very playful Doctor. Um, but it's the scene where they... Immediately leave the TARDIS, gets spotted by the police, and he just goes scatter, and they all run. Three of them in one direction, and Ben runs off by himself. That's like, me.
1: That is me. That's yeah. what I would do. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that is, yeah, uh, that's what I would do. Run away. Run the wrong way. Okay then.
0: Ah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just it's that thing again. He volunteers to do everything by himself because he's the one who isn't. He isn't going to get in trouble. Mm. And I think in. In the macro terror, he's the one who like despite being controlled he's the one that ultimately helps to save everyone I'm trying not to go too far into other companions but the thing is with Ben and Polly is their relationship is so important and with Jamie as well and I just want to take it's in my mind the scene of the Highland fling in the macro is brilliant <laughs> And Even I remember that. So that. Well. But I think I, I'm going to save that for our Jamie episode because, frankly, that we are going to be on for hours talking about Jamie.
1: <laughs> we are.
0: <laughs> but I, um, I, I would be curious to know what people think after the fact. If they, if they don't know anything about... This is what I meant to say before, I'm not sure if I had. If you don't know anything about these companions, if you don't know anything about Ben and you want to watch or listen to one of his stories... I'd say if, if you don't like the animation if you don't like reconstructions you have very little choice, you will have to do the War Machines, but um, please let us know if you do because I'd be very interested what people think if we are introducing you to the characters um, but it's not an awful lot that you can do except just watch the animations, but he is he is good, and if you don't know him and you decide you want to watch some more of him or find out more about him, please let us know Mm. What you think. And I mean, um, if
1: you want some sort of big finishes to be recommended to as well, we'll, we'll be doing a listen along at some point. But The Forsaken is a good one. And there's a couple of short trips as well, which I think the nice thing about those is the way Annika gets Michael crazed, like his, his sort of mannerisms is quite nice. I mean, Elliot's lovely. Like,
0: yeah. Like, but, he does an excellent but, job
1: but if you want something that that's a bit cheaper because like me you're skint all the time <laughs> then the, the short trips are quite a good place to start as something not a nice nice little nugget but in terms of things i'd recommend probably the forsaken the mouthless dead and there's another one that i can't remember because i'm rubbish but i will let you i will let you know
0: we will tweet about it after the, after this is released mm,
1: and if, if anyone gets round to watching that episode of gideon's way if you like detectives let me know oh, you,
0: you did tweet out earlier <laughs> yeah i meant to it. do it
1: ages ago and then i and then i forgot and then i remembered today and was like I'll pro- i probably should tell you about that just, just in case for any reason whatsoever you want to go watch old random tv programs <laughs> no,
0: well, well, there's a lot of um early adventures as well with, with Elliot Chapman. Mm. Uh, I have I will admit I haven't I haven't heard any of them yet. Um
1: uh, I, I know I've heard another one and I can't remember what it is.
0: Well there's there's the Yes Men, there is Night Witches. I think Night Witches is very much a poly story. Um Outliers and Morton Legacy. Mm. And then the Companion Chronicles Sets. Mm. But I think as you we did do I say we you did do a listen along for Mouthless Dead for Remembrance, didn't you?
1: Yes, yes. Mm. Yeah,
0: because that deals with the Unknown Soldier, but that mm. is a very good one for Ben as well because it does it does t- uh, deal with the military and uh, remembrance as a concept, and it's quite they have a there's a lovely conversation in that between Ben and Jamie.
1: Hmm.
0: So I think if if you want to get to more the emotional side of him, that's a good one as well as the. I still haven't listened to the Forsaken, but I'm sure that one. Yeah, is as well.
1: I I I confess I have once, and I need to listen to it again. Shall we say? But I need to find it <laughs> first. But anyway, that's another matter entirely.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it's um that's what I'm thinking at least. If we if we decide, I think we have already on which we're going to choose for our listen. I think that might mm. be a good one,
1: mm.
0: because the um, now, as I think we've come to a sort of natural close, because we don't. There's the problem with Ben is there's not a lot of what you that you can watch. You have to you'd have to listen to, and I don't want to spoil too much big finish. Um, but we will be having our Susan listens at some point we may already have had them by the time this is released, but mm. our Ben listen, I think we had decided on The Forsaken which is an early mm. adventure
1: that, that sounds vaguely familiar
0: yeah, but I think it might be fair on anyone like yourself and myself, who don't have an awful lot of money because of Big Finish and it is entirely their fault, it's not my it's lack of self-control at all is um, should we have a short trip as well
1: yeah we certainly can do
0: because the early adventures, the forsaken, which is the second episode of the second series, is eleven to four to fifteen pound
1: mm.
0: whereas it's... the short trips are only two ninety nine each mm. so if you haven't got a short trip, it wouldn't be you know it would be okay, it would be a reasonable price to pay for one mm. um I think falling, which I listened to earlier. On your recommendation is a very good one but it does deal more from Polly's point of view doesn't it?
1: Yeah there's what's it? The, there's another one isn't there, I haven't heard it so maybe I'll, I'll get hold of it and have a listen and, and see which one would be best to d- to do uh, I can't think of words today, I, I can't talk, <laughs> I don't know what it is, my mind is melting to describe, uh, not describe what, what am I on about? What am I talking about? <laughs> the best one, to, best one for Ben. I'm, I'm going to shut up. Because I don't know what I'm talking about anyway.
0: I'm just uh. looking through the short trips. Because um, if I'm sure there is a Ben story, I just, I'm not overly certain which one it is. Because I haven't listened to them all yet. That is the problem. I will eventually aim to do that, but it's a lot of... Uh, um, no, that's Jamie and Zoe. Anyway, you don't really want to listen to us mumbling while we try and figure out which one we're going to choose, but we will have the for- the Forsaken as our, our um, main...
1: Mm.
0: Our main listen, and we will have a short trip as well. Mm. If people are interested enough in Ben to find out more, then I think it might be um might be a good idea to do that when there's lost and found which is Ben and Polly. Mm. Mm.
1: I will I will get hold of that and have a listen and see what that's that's like.
0: Yeah, I think I've sure got it's it it's worth. We will put out on a tweet what we decide as our as our choices. Mm. Once we've um decided. Um but as we did last week and we have as of this recording um Found our winner for our first quiz, who will have already received and you never know read it by this point. Um, but it was uh, Elliot EJ Coates he, who won our first quiz for the copy of Marco Polo. And I will, I should have, you know, a couple of hours after this record, let like alone when this goes out, put the video of proof up on our Twitter. But the next Prize for our next quiz, the Ben quiz, will be also be a target. Will be a copy of confusingly titled uh, The Cybermen, which is the target novelization of the moon base. So, I mean, even, our quiz will be going up after Yeah, no, this. I
1: was just going to say, even though it would make more sense for that to be the 10th planet, you would think it would. I always, I always think it is, and it confuses my brain. I get
0: confused, <laughs> and luckily, I've got a copy of the newer one as well, which has got a picture of Pat Chowton on it, so it does click which one it is. <laughs> Um, But if you are interested in winning um, a copy of The Moonbase, then obviously when the quiz goes up, just let us know uh, the answers. We had one wrong answer last time, so I'm hoping this time people might get them all. I I do like stumping people occasionally though with the questions, so I'll see what I can do. Um, But that will be going up in the next day or so by the time this is out, hopefully. and. All that's left, really, before we ramble off into many other tangents, is to announce Mm. the next companion for our next episode. Now, I think I said last time that episode three would be one that plenty of people would have heard of, especially if they're new Who fans. Now, I'm fully expecting us to get either very little or an enormous amount for this episode, so feel free to say exactly how you feel because I would, prefer, I would like to know what everyone's thoughts are but as we started this podcast with the very first companion of Classic Who I think it's only fair that our first companion of New Who will, should be the first companion of New Who mm. so next time we will be discussing Rose Tyler so if anyone has any thoughts on her t- time in the TARDIS on TV or on Big Finish I know there's less but even so or in the novels because I know there's plenty of ones for her please please let us know and by that point I think our quiz will be probably the biggest prize haul we have had given there will be several different prizes we will discuss that nearer the time (laughs) when I know for certain what I've got and people can let me know which they want when they enter the quiz Uh, it seems only fair that way but as of now all we've got to say I suppose is thanks for listening if we've missed anything about Ben you think we should have talked about, please let us know Mm. if there's anything again that you want us to talk about that we haven't discussed about Ben or about Companions or about who in general, please let us know Mm. and um, yeah when this goes out, just let us know what you think of Rose and we will honestly I'm quite excited Mm. and I'm quite nervous because I know how contentious certain parts of her run can be yeah,
1: I was gonna say so be be nice, but if you wanna if, if you wanna be critical, be critical, but please don't be, be horrid. Please don't yeah. be horrid, please. I know I'm sure all you lovely followers out there are not horrid in the slightest, or savage like me. But <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, just just be nice.
0: Yeah. Please. Um but yeah, I just thank you for listening, frankly, and um, we—I'm sure we'll see you next time. I know we've got a few people who listen every time, and I really do appreciate that. Mm. Hopefully, we'll say something new next time that you won't think about Rose, but I'm sure plenty of people do have plenty of thoughts. So just let us know what you think when this comes out, and we will see you next time. Thank you.
1: Yeah. ra <laughs>
0: Bye.